Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Tim Schwartz back with us. Indiana native and Emmy Award winning television producer, videographer, author of a number of popular books, including Alien Artifacts, Tim Schwartz's big book of extraterrestrial encounters, The Lost Journals of Nikola Tesla, and so many more. Tim is also the co-host with Gene Steinberg on the radio show, The Pedicast. And his latest book that has just come out is called Mimics, The Others Among Us, that he wrote with Sean Castile. Tim, welcome back, my friend. How have you been? Why, thank you, George. I've been great. And uh, as always, it's a real pleasure talking with you again. I'm looking forward to this one. This one is a strange story, isn't it? It really is a strange story. But I, I tell you, it's, it's amazing once you get into this subject and start looking into it, how much our history has really been intertwined with whatever these things are. How did the subject matter come to your attention? Well, it first came to me years and years ago. And, George, you're probably too young to remember this. But, you know, there was a time when you could go to the drugstore and actually buy quality paperback books on paranormal subjects. And they're usually about, you know, 50, 75 cents each, just perfectly affordable for, uh, you know, a, a kid interested in this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I ran into this book called Our Haunted Planet by uh, John Keel. And in this book, he had just a little section, and it, it really was more of a stepping off point, uh, uh, talking about other subjects. But um, uh, he subtitled this section called Mimics of Man. And in it, he said that one basic fact should be obvious from the foregoing. These entities and things are not necessarily from other planet. They're closely tied to the human race. And he said that living among us undetected may be creatures, not necessarily aliens, with all the outward appearances of human beings, 
uh, and he called them mimics of man, and the mimic would, of necessary, uh, of necessity, be a lone wolf, likely living in large, bustling cities where the eccentric and the odd may flourish unhindered. And that just fascinated me. You know, the idea that there could be things not human, looking like human, but managing to live among us for whatever reasons. What are they lacking, Tim, to not be human? Well, that really all depends on just exactly what we're dealing with, and that's what the subject of this of this book is, uh, because the the mimics have gone by all kinds of different names throughout history, and and they've been with us almost, probably almost from the very very beginning. I mean, we've called them things like gods, angels, demons, uh, uh, fairies, extraterrestrial. Mm. You know, uh, more modern uh, idea for them. So, uh, you know, it just, uh, it, it, it really just all depends on what, what these things are, and that's what we hope to try to uncover with this book. Are they intentionally disguising themselves? I, yeah, definitely. Um, if, if we are dealing with, say, like, just you know, just just let's just firmly put this in the material world, with maybe a creature that is um, either prey or predator to people. You know, because humans at this point, you know, we've gotten to the point where there's no other uh, uh, predators to us on the planet. Well, what if there is? What if there was a species that actually evolved right alongside us to prey on us? Uh, and uh, you know, with a, and we don't mean religious prayer either, do we? Exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, in, in, you know, in, in the natural world, you know, you've got say like insects who actually will look just like their prey, so they can sit around and wait for an unsuspecting victim to go by. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that these things are, you know, <laughs> necessarily something that preys on us. They may look like us to protect themselves. Interesting. Now, you mentioned John Keel was one who wrote about them. Any others in history that have kind of discussed this? Well, uh, you know, it's like, like I said, um, you know, you go and you look at, say, like uh, a, a fairy lore, I think is really a good example of these uh, uh, things that have interacted with society. Now, when I say fairies, people just automatically go to, you know, like the Tinkerbell type of creatures, you know, something, you know, little and short and glowing with wings flying around. But through most of history, when it comes to people dealing with these types of things, and like I said, they've called them fays and leprechauns and the good people. The good people is, is really a, you know, uh, an excellent name to, to call them um, uh, because they have kind of lived on the outskirts of our society and interact with us when they want to, not when we want to. And they've interacted with us in all kinds of different ways, from uh, actually either buying or stealing food from us to actually having romantic relationships with people. Jeez. 
Yeah, well, I mean, and that's that's a telling point too, because they could be related to us in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah because most of the time, you know, interspecies romances just don't work. <laughs> Do they live among us, or are they down in some cavern or something like that? Well, maybe a little of both. You know, uh, uh, there's there's the idea that they could be a race of, say, like a cousin species of humans, of hominins, uh, albeit a, a more gentle species. And at some time in our ancient past that they decided that they're going to get the heck away from us. You know, we're too violent. Mm-hmm. And they, at first, they lived on the outskirts of society, their cities and villages or what have you. You know, we're out, you know, in the desert or in the mountains. But as people became more, you know, the world became more populous with, with Homo sapiens, this species said, you know, oh, you know, we got to get out of here and maybe moved underground or, uh, you know, under the ocean. They, uh, uh, or some could actually have moved in, you know, with us and, and live amongst us. I mean, there are a lot of stories that, that we've collected in this book of people having sightings of things that appear to be human but don't act like humans. Do these mimics know what they are? Oh, yes, yes. I, I think they definitely do. Whether, uh, again, whether or not we're dealing with, if, you know, material, physical beings, uh, uh, paranormal, extraterrestrial, you know, what have you, these things definitely know that they are different, and they use that difference to their advantage. You know, the I think one of the things that has allowed them to exist all this time is their uh, ability of uh, uh, to, to subterfuge. You know, they they are very good at disguising themselves. They're very good at staying hidden until they want to be seen. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. 
It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're with Tim Schwartz, co-author of the latest book, Mimics, The Others Among Us. These beans, do they lack a soul? Oh, wow. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's really the million-dollar question. Do we have a soul? <laughs> you know? Well, let's assume we do. Right, right. Um... I think that they probably do. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I think that whatever they are, again, whether they're physical or, you know, interdimensional or what have you, they probably have a soul just like uh, us. Did they come to us in craft or were they born on this planet? Well, that's one of the things that, uh, uh, in this book that we really hoped to to do is to detangle the others from the whole uh, uh, UFO phenomena. You know, in in modern times, the two have really become uh, intertwined with with stories of human looking extraterrestrials or the Men in Black, even uh, uh, things like that. Uh, so I think that and you know, George. Uh, your guess really is as good as mine. I mean, there there could be a uh, a factor that that are strictly extraterrestrial. I'm not going to throw that idea out, but I think that probably at least the major aspect of the phenomena of the mimics is that this is something that has been on our planet probably as long as we have. And this, of course, book is. Uh... Not a non-fictional novel. I mean, a fictional novel. This is a non-fictional book, isn't it? This is correct. Yes, this is this is non-fiction, and uh, we've uh, myself, Sean Castile, and then uh, as you said in the opening, I mean, you know, we we got some really great writers like uh, uh, Scott Corrales and uh, uh, Nigel Watson. You know, people like that who heavy hitters. Yeah, yeah, contributed to this book. Uh, you know, with with these these fascinating stories, uh, again, 
stretching back across time really long before, say, like the modern UFO era. But I think that the modern UFO era has really helped bring this idea to the forefront. You have highlighted some examples of individuals who have had encounters with these beings, one being the late remote viewer Ingo Swan. Ingo Swan, who uh, who very well known for uh, working with the uh, uh, government intelligence services uh, with his remote viewing abilities, he was one time tasked to actually remote view the dark side of the moon. And given very specific uh, uh, latitude and longitudes, lunar latitudes and longitudes, and uh, when he actually started uh, viewing this location, he said that he saw human-looking beings on the surface of the moon without uh, uh, what it didn't appear to like if they had any kind of, of protection on them, and uh, the the frightening thing to him was that uh, they became aware that he was looking at them. So after this initial encounter, when Ingo was in Los Angeles with a friend and in a, uh, a, a supermarket, he came across this, as he described her, a extremely beautiful woman wearing uh, uh, you know shorts of it and a tank top and just just absolutely stunning and uh, he said that as he got closer she was looking at the avocados very interested in the avocados when he got closer he was struck with a feeling of terror that mm. just overwhelmed his senses and he got the impression, first of all, that this woman was not human, that she looked human, looked like a very beautiful human, but she wasn't, and that if she became aware that he knew that what she was, his life would probably be in danger. Interesting. Are they working among us? I mean, do they have jobs? Do they have social security cards? You know, that was one of the things that the early contactee movement, uh, starting in the 1950s, with people like George Adamski and Howard Menger, uh, talked quite a bit about, that these beings, space brothers, as they called them, looked so human that they actually managed to infiltrate our society, living amongst us working with us for for whatever reasons. Now, of course, the contactees, you know, the Space Brothers were telling them that, you know, they were there to help mankind, that uh, we were going to destroy ourselves with uh, uh, atomic weapons, and that uh, they actually were using their influence because they looked so much like us uh, within business and politics to help steer us away towards a more peaceful uh, society. And I think that uh, uh, various governments really took this to heart, uh, that uh, that we were being uh, infiltrated. And, and of course, this idea of the 1950s, I mean, it fit right in with the uh, Cold War mentality that was going on at the time. You know, I mean, not only were uh, uh, governments afraid that, uh, say, uh, 
the communists, you know, were, were you know, hiding they under... Were everywhere. Uh, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. We were, we were so paranoid about it, too, right, at the time. Right, So, I mean, you know, think about it. Worried about uh, the Soviet Union infiltrating us. What about uh, a superior race of extraterrestrials that uh, that that could be living you know amongst us that that was a, a a big worry what did you find in your research with the book tim that was so profound it still has you shaking your head well i think the the most profound thing about all of this book is just really how um pervasive this whole phenomena is that um, that that we have sharing the planet with us another intelligence. All right, that we're I mean, we're not alone. Not only are we not alone, probably in the universe, but that we share this planet with another, possibly superior intelligence that's been with us this entire time that has been possibly manipulating society through uh, a religion, culture, other types of, of, of things, and that uh, uh, our history is probably just as much part of their history as well. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.